I'm talking with you now. That means I can't talk with my wife. But AI can do that. A, a computer has so much computing power that a machine can talk to many people at the same time. So what it will allow us will be to send tailored, individually tailored, personalized messages to individuals. Peter Metzinger speaking, co-founder of Evi Intelligence and owner and managing director of Business Campaigning. In today's episode, Peter and I talked about some really interesting things. Peter's just this fantastic guru of marketing and how marketing really is for the people, of the people, by the people. And he has an interesting twist to the way he does marketing because he's really, for his entire life, been a pioneer in using digital tools. And he's now in this uh, artificial intelligence AI bandwagon. He's got this separate company working on artificial intelligence. And he really knows what the future of marketing is going to look like. Instead of telling you about how great he is and all the stuff we talk about, which you can listen to yourself, I wanted to share this fun fact about Peter that didn't come out in the interview, but just was so cool. I wanted to share it with you. So I mentioned Peter, he's sort of always been a pioneer in digital tools way back in 1987. So you have to imagine this is seven years before the launch of the World Wide Web. The police were tapping into the phone lines of an anti-nuclear network that Peter had founded. So what did Peter do? He set up a computer network across many different cities and he actually wrote an encryption software to be able to continue coordinating campaign activities without the police being able to find out what they were up to. So what I love about Peter is he says that business campaigning is a company, a strategic consultancy. They specialize in impossible missions. And I like to call Peter Mr. Mission Impossible himself because he seems to be able to make everything happen. So enjoy this episode learning from Peter Metzinger. Welcome back to another episode of Level Up Your Leadership the podcast exploring how 21st century leaders acquire the skills they need to thrive in the ever-changing digital workplace. I'm your host, Lisa Kristen, and I'm here today with Peter Metzinger, co-founder of Evi Intelligence and owner and managing director of Business Campaigning. Welcome, Peter. Hello, Lisa, and hello, whoever is listening. <laughs> so Peter and I are having a bit of a funny moment here. I have to admit this to all of you listening. We recorded this entire podcast, except we didn't record it. <laughs> so we are currently on take two of this podcast, and we're going to see, does this lead to the same place we went to last time, or did more questions open up? Let's see. But Peter, I do have the same first question to start with, which is that you say that business campaigning is a strategic consultancy that specializes in impossible missions. What does that mean? What is an impossible mission? It's actually something that others say about us and that I love to repeat because it explains very well what we're doing. We're finding solutions where others don't find and it has to do with the approach that we are taking. I studied physics. I have a master in science and physics. And, and what I learned there was to ask critical questions, to really understand the system. So very often when people don't, they don't sell something, what they do is they spend more money in advertising. But maybe that's the completely wrong thing. For example, the World Economic Forum in 2002, they gave me a call because they had an issue with their brand, with their image. People were on the streets protesting 
and they didn't get the message through that their mission was to improve the state of the world. They tried it with PR, they tried it with advertising, and they didn't see any change in public perception. They heard about this specialist for impossible missions, and they called me, and then we applied the business campaigning model. That's something that I created in 1998, and it's a mixture of processes and checklists that you fill in in a certain order and that guides you through the process to ask the right questions at the right time. And the outcome of the analysis and strategic thoughts was the Open Forum, which is since 2003 a platform where NGOs, public, and the inner circle of the leaders of the World Economic Forum, the closed society, come together and discuss and have a dialogue and that opened up the whole discussion and helped them to reclaim their image or, or to get their message through. And what was so different about the way that you engaged people? What's so different about the business campaigning process? I learned in the 1980s already that uh, a target audience is not somebody you send information to. They are people who help you. So if you try to sell a product, is you send them information and you think if you send them that information, it will convince them. If you see these people as people who are helping you to achieve your sales goals, you have a totally different approach. Because you know, if you want somebody to help you, you have to understand that person really well. You need to know how to approach that person, which language, which tonality, at what point of time, through which channel, with which message. And it's a totally different approach. It leads to us having workshops with the target group where the target group develops the strategy, the campaign strategy for themselves. We've used that in internal campaigns named change management projects and marketing campaigns or PR campaigns, branding. The idea behind it is the experts are the target audience themselves. They know how they receive information, how they process information and what triggers them to which action. And it's so interesting what you're describing because you're not saying, and you're a consultant, you're not saying, I'm the expert, I come in, I give the information. You're not saying, I go to senior management, I work on a senior management strategy, and we roll it out top down. What you're saying is we go to the people. We go to the people who are affected by it, and we work with them because they're the people who know the answers. That's wild. <laughs> I love to say we're experts in being non-experts and we're professionals by being non-professional. Because if you're professional, it's about a certain profession. So if you studied marketing or advertising, you will be a professional in that area. So, but, but as the example that I gave, if you don't sell something because it's not the wrong message or not the, the wrong channel, it's maybe it's the organization behind it. You might even get, get a lot of clients out there, but... The internal processes don't allow to sell more. As a professional, you don't find the solution. You have to be open to a broad variety of tools. And, and they're not only communication tools, they're also management tools. Once I even had, a, had somebody who called me because her sales figures were going down. And she wanted an advertising campaign to turn that around. At the end of the discussion I had with her after about an hour, I recommended trauma therapy because I knew what trauma therapy is good for. And it turned out it was a small company, four employees, a headhunter. So it's a people business. Trust is very important. She had a car accident 
with a whiplash trauma as a consequence. And two weeks later, the problems in the company started and the sales figures went down. And I thought there could be a connection. So I recommended to her to first have a look at her trauma. And once that problem is solved, then maybe run an advertising campaign or maybe not. In the end, it was necessary. She had three trauma therapy sessions and the figures went back up again. Amazing. And this goes to a really important point, which is, you know, campaigning, marketing, professionalism, jobs in general, there's such a human element to it. And we have to look at the whole person, whether we're the ones selling or whether we're the ones receiving, there's a very human element to it. Yeah. Authenticity, the human element, these are all things that are very important if you want to find the right solution. You need to understand who that person is and and you only find it out through dialogue. That's also a difference between us and many, I would say, communication companies from the last century. I like to say it like that because they were all about sending instead of being in a dialogue. Yeah. And I love that this is the future of communication. You're actually very actively involved in the future of communication because you are the co-founder of an artificial intelligence company, and you've really taken campaigning and marketing to that next level by including artificial intelligence. What does marketing or communications, what does that look like in the future? I would say there are two aspects, two important aspects. One is we will much better understand the audience we're talking with, not to. <laughs> I know it's grammatically not really correct, but with includes the, the dialogue instead yeah. of talking to, sending information. You know? Exactly. It's two directional. I just want to say that you're talking at someone, that's one to the other, and you're talking with someone, it's both. We're talk, I'm talking with you now. That means I can't talk with my wife now. But AI can do that. A computer has so much computing power that a machine can talk to many people at the same time. So what it will allow us will be to send tailored, individually tailored, personalized messages to individuals. Not only the message might be different, but maybe also the point of time, because I know that one person is easier to reach at, let's say, one o'clock and the other person at 2.15 something we've been using already two years ago. That's about when we started using AI in campaigns in social media. We got this analysis done by the neural network telling us which Twitter influencer was best to be in dialogue with at what time because it was the time when his followers were active. Of course, you can also do that by yourself, do that kind of analysis. But the huge amount of Twitter profiles out there to analyze would have gone beyond our capacity. And AI, and that's the other aspect, AI will allow us to do things that we are simply not capable to do today because of a lack of manpower, lack of man and computing power. And I have to say, there's a little bit about this AI stuff that scares me. And I know I do a lot of work with AI, but I also am a little bit concerned when I talk about marketing and communications and AI, because I'm nervous that they're going to know the best of human psychology and they're going to know exactly how to persuade me into buying something that I do not need. (laughs) And I have a lot of stuff in my closet that I do not need. So do you see that that's going to be happening with AI? That is already happening today. It requires only 500 to 600 words that you publish somewhere. And a neural network can produce a very precise psychological profile of you, telling me exactly how to sell you what and how to influence you. 
what are the keywords to avoid and, and the key messages to deliver. That's really happening today. We're actually using this in PR. Like before I contact a journalist that I don't know, I find out what kind of person that is. So I know exactly how to talk to that person. And the same in sales. But the other thing you mentioned that you, you will be convinced to buy things that you don't want to buy. That's the mission of advertising ever. It's always been the mission. It might become more sophisticated, but it can also be used for something else. And that is to protect you from messages that you don't want, that are irrelevant for you. If an AI understands your personality and knows your, what, what you want and what you don't want, that AI can actually also block messages from you. So it depends very much on how we use it. A knife can be used to cut bread and to kill somebody. So ethics is a very important topic. At every AI conference that I'm at, ethics is a central topic. And I read just before on LinkedIn that European Union has uh, today published some ethical standards. It's something that everybody who works seriously in AI will, will welcome because if we get it right with the ethics, AI will have a future and will have a better future with AI. If we get it wrong, we'll not be able to use its potential and we'll screw it all up. Yeah, or worse. I can really see some game. I hear about some game over scenarios <laughs> as I also attend some of these AI conferences. <laughs> but this really brings us back to the human element and why sort of bringing your humanity forward is so important in this age of digitalization. Can you tell us more about the business campaigning model? I mean, you don't have to go through the whole thing, but what are the elements that are included in there? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a physicist. And when I worked for Greenpeace, the last three years, I was campaigns director of Greenpeace Switzerland. And I had to reorganize, or I wanted to reorganize my department. And I realized that it doesn't matter if I want to stop a nuclear power plant's operating license or change the culture of my department. I used the same strategies and the same approach. And I realized it's all about changing people's knowledge, attitudes, or behavior. Uh, or maybe altogether. And when physicists discover something like this, they love to develop theories to make predictions. You know, if I do A, then the outcome is B. So I had this idea of creating a model. <laughs> That's what I did in 1998. I created a model that helps me to train and educate campaigners or change makers, whatever you want to call them. And that at the same time helps you to plan, execute, and evaluate campaigns or change processes, whatever you want to call it. In the end, it's doing something that brings a change. And independently from the topic and the goal that it's about, and it describes, it's like, like a cookbook, you know, it tells you if you put something, you use a salt and these vegetables and you, you know, you treat them like that and the outcome is a dish and it's the right dish for the right person. We love on our website, we have a mixer and vegetables, because that's what we do. We do um, what do you call them? Like a smoothie of some sort, no? Yeah, smoothies. Uh, the, the right smoothie for the right person in the end. Yeah, exactly. So how do we get our hands on a copy of this? Or how do we know? Because it sounds like it's just a very easy plug and play and something that a lot of us would be interested in, how to run change management or how to run better you know, campaigns, business campaigns, marketing campaigns. Well, for the German speakers, it's all published in my book, Business Campaigning, published by Springer, Heidelberg. But it's not in this order. It's, it explains the model, but it's, it's not something that, not like a cookbook. I'm currently working on something like a cookbook. Working title is How to Do Business Campaigning. 
I have all these checklists already ready, so somebody could order that now already, but I'm working on a book with explanations with which somebody can work without me being present, without explaining something. So really like a cookbook. And um, hopefully it will be available in a few weeks. Uh, maybe by the time you publish this podcast, I don't know when it's going to be available already, but you'll find out if you go to businesscampaigning.com, you'll see it there. Perfect. So I'll put a link for everyone listening. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll put it in the blog post and um, we'll send you over. I'm a huge fan of online courses. And what you're describing is only people who have a lot of money to spend on this campaign could then afford to hire you as a consultant. And what you're saying is for the rest of us, <laughs> there's now an opportunity where we can almost bring our own Peter home with us who says, okay, do this. Okay, do this. Are you, are you going in the right order? So I appreciate that. But we need to make sure that it has a picture of your smiling face on it because there's an energy that you bring as well that might not translate in the book. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was working with Greenpeace, our mission was uh, that the world wouldn't need us anymore. That's still my mission. And this will be like a gift to the world so they don't need us, don't need me anymore. <laughs> I love that. And as you speak about mission, I mean, you are a very purpose-driven person. How did you find your purpose or how did you find a way to align a purpose with a business? Well, that's a long story. Actually, it was my grandfather taking me for walks and explaining to me how nature had changed due to chemistry and you know chemical pollution and everything. That already gave me a sense of the importance of sustainability. And my very first campaign in 1982 was to protect a little pond in our village or next to our village. And then I, I joined Greenpeace and I worked for Greenpeace for 13 years. Then uh, with this model, I started my own business in 1998. And then for a while, my business was my purpose. But it, it was never really enough. The mission of my company since 1999 had been meaningful campaign for meaningful ideas. but like the fight, fighting to save the planet, fighting for sustainability was not at the core. And that has kind of changed when we were on Kauai in December and January. I don't know, but Kauai has a transformational, it does something with you. And, and it brought me back to the question of what is really lighting me up? What, where do I get my energy from? Where is my motivation? And that is actually in driving sustainability and working towards a sustainable economy. And, and that's what I'm going to put more energy in. And what advice would you have for listeners about how they might be able to find purpose or infuse more purpose into the work that they're doing? Well, they have to ask themselves yeah, the question of why. Why am I here? But I know many people ask it and they don't find an answer. And then I would say, find the coach. Find, find a coach. I didn't even pay you to say that. <laughs> I wouldn't be that coach. I would not be that coach. But I could recommend people that I know and that I appreciate who are specialized in that. Go to Kauai. Friends of mine organized trips on Kauai. And that's actually why we were there because they needed marketing support here in Europe. And I said, I need to know their program. And their program actually is all about finding your purpose, finding your talents and removing all the blockages that are there that keep you from living your purpose. So yeah. that would be an option. 
So one way is to escape that everyday life and go into a reflection mode. And maybe you have some friends or a coach or just some other external folks to speak with and to try to find that. Yeah. Meditation could also be something. Yeah. What's one piece of advice that you would share with listeners that you've learned either the hard way <laughs> yourself or you've just noticed has worked throughout all of your years of experience in business? There's one question that has always been at the center, and that's the why question. Because very often, you know, you start a campaign, and even if it's only about, about sales or about marketing, very often, if I ask the question of why do you want to achieve that goal, often enough, totally different solutions come up. Because the real goal behind it is not what was obvious in the beginning. And the same applies to us as human beings. We have to ask that question over and over again. And the more machines and robots take over work from us, the more important it becomes to identify what makes us different from them, what makes us different as humanity, and why am I here? What value can I add to society? Because jobs will change. Jobs will not be jobs anymore. But we will try to find people who add their personal value to our society when we don't need to work anymore. We don't need an income anymore, and that will happen. What are we doing then? And we'll do things that explore the world. We'll, we'll create art. We'll, we'll develop further. And there it's, it will be very important to know why and who we are. So if I'm hearing you right, there are two things that sort of define you, which is maybe you know this, maybe you don't. You're really curious. Why? Why is I'm interested? And you're also an explorer. So you're not just going to stay within your bubble. You're going to go, why? What's that about? What's that about? Let me hear more about that. Let me go to Kauai and figure that out. But oh, there's a lot of curiosity and questioning and experimenting going on for you. Is that how you live your life? <laughs> physicist. <laughs> I've, I've never worked as a physicist, but yeah, that's always been a central part of my life. Yeah. And I can recommend everybody stay curious, really stay curious. If you want to find out how to to get your business through the next 10 years, stay curious and be open to new solutions. Be open to changes in, in society and changes of value and be curious about solutions. Never stop asking those questions. Yeah. And your cookbook will guide us through the process of what kinds of questions to ask. How to, so it's not just a big lost why, like a big lost what is my purpose, but rather you've given us that formula so we know exactly what questions to ask in the right order and so we can get to a meaningful answer. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Peter, for your time today. It was really great having you on the podcast. Thank you, too. And thank you to the audience or the watchers to watch and listen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Level Up Your Leadership. If you're interested in learning more about today's guests and the topics we've discussed, check out the show notes on www.lisakristen.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes to subscribe. While you're there, it'd be great if you could rate and review the show. And if you really like the show, I would appreciate it if you shared the word on social media. As always, thanks again for listening. Listening.